Welcome to the Apple Day Podcast. My name is Michelle Apples, and I am so honored and privileged to be your host. If you don't know me, I am the founder of Miss Apples Matchmaking and the Christian Singles Community Hub. We believe in empowering Christian singles with the resources they need to grow towards greatness, to put your faith in action, and to date with purpose. We stand on the verse Matthew 6:33 that says, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will be added onto you. We know that healthy relationships only come from healthy individuals. So we want to help equip you right here, right now, in your season of singleness and leave a legacy for generations to come by helping people become the greatest version of themselves now. Would you join me every single Wednesday as we dig deep, we get real, we talk about all of the things to really help us steward our singleness better. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of An Apple a Day. And if you heard the podcast from two weeks ago, you know that we did a men's panel Q&A where the guys answered all of your questions. So this time we are bringing in the women. So we're doing a women tell all. And I have four amazing, just godly women here all from different backgrounds. And so I'm really excited to just dive in, answer all of your questions. We have so many great questions. And so I'm going to introduce my four panelists. I'm going to start with Michelle because she's got the same name as me. So Michelle, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you. Hey everyone. My name is Michelle Dotson. I'm based in the Dallas area, have been born and raised here for most of my life, but just to spice things up, have moved away a couple of times and ultimately came back. Uh, I'm 34. And when I'm not doing things like this, you'll find me getting outdoors. I love pretty much anything outdoors, including playing with my dog Denali, two-stepping, and I'm a foodie. So anything food talk is good with me. Nice to be here. I love it. And I had the honor of meeting Michelle at our first retreat back in October. So excited to get to meet up with her again at the next retreat. And we'll go on to Heidi. Heidi, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, um, yeah, I'm Heidi Hurst. And I live in the LA area. I've been here for about 15 years, which is about the longest I've lived anywhere in my life. I moved around a lot as a kid and no, it was not a military family. (laughs) Um, But thank you all for your service if you are military. Yeah, I have a golden retriever who is just the love of my life and makes every day better. So we like to go hiking and get outdoors and Uh, I like the warm weather down here. I love it. I could use a dose of that warm weather right now being in Toronto cold weather. Um, We'll go to Janine next. Hello, everyone. I am Janine Davis. I am from Northeast Ohio. I am 41. And I love, um, I love, love. So that's a start. And I love hosting amazing game nights and doing different events like this. So, and I love the travel and line dancing is huge. Plus being an Ohio State fan for anyone out there, but that's me and I'm glad to be here. I love it. And Janine definitely, and I have that in common. We both love, love. We're both uh, in the dating sphere, want to help people be successful in their dating lives. So love having you here, Janine. And last but not least, we have Bonnie. Bonnie, do you want to tell us about yourself? Hi. So my name is Bonnie Bruner. I'm from Washington, D.C., where I was born and raised. And I've also, a little fun fact about me, I've traveled to at least 10 to about 10 to 12 different countries since the age of two. 
and currently work as a freelance media professional. And when I'm not doing that, you'll find me dancing, doing doing creative stuff and, um, and bicycling. I love it. I feel like we need to get a dance party going on with all of us <laughs> at some point. So let's dive into these questions. We have quite a few questions to get through on the podcast today. So I'm going to ask all of you this first question. What, as a woman, what do you think of dating a man who has a child that is his number one priority? What's your thoughts on this? Is this a deal breaker? Is this something you'd be open to? And we'll start with Michelle. We'll go to Heidi then Janine, and then Bonnie on this one. Interesting question to kick off with. Um, I've always personally been open to the idea of being with somebody that already has kids and whether or not we would have more kids. So definitely open on that front. I think where I look for a guy to have his priorities is first and foremost, God, and then have that inform everything else. And because marriage is such a picture of Christ in the church, I think that's a really important relationship. That being said, at the start, I would expect him to have his child is the priority. Dating can be really, you know, done well or done really wrong with kids in the picture. So I would understand that's his priority to start. I think at some point there would need to be a conversation just to understand like, what does it look like to prioritize time for both a relationship and a child and just find the right ways that work for both of us instead of having to make, you know, an end all be all statement of this person is my priority and this isn't because I think there's space for love in both of those context in the right way over time. I love that, Michelle. Thank you. Heidi. Wow. Yeah, that is a great question. And I am 38. So I definitely am at an age where that comes into play. Um, And I am much more open to dating someone with children. And it really just depends it's all situational on that dynamic. Um, and certainly I do understand that they should definitely have their child as a priority. You want someone that's a good father. So it's admirable and it's important. And I want their relationship to flourish. But I, I do also agree with some of what Michelle said that at a certain point, there needs to be kind of a more open conversation and a dynamic of what will this look like in the future? And how do I come into the picture? And how do we as a couple, and potentially as a future married husband and wife, where do I fall? And and how do we adjust the dynamics for this new relationship and this new family dynamic of a blended family? That's awesome. Thanks. Janine. What a really good question. Um, I definitely agree with the other two ladies and I definitely would want to see, I love to hear that that is a priority for him um, because it shows his dedication. It shows his love for family. And I'm definitely wanting someone who's family oriented. And so at my age, the likelihood of a guy that I'm going to be potentially dating, having children is very, very likely. And I'm okay with that. I don't have children of my own. Um, so I always say I'm more, I have more love to give as a bonus mom. And I would want to see what our relationship could be like, um, meaning my relationship with his potential child or children. Um, so we can develop that too. And what are the expectations? I think that there's a lot of communication there that needs to be had, but I absolutely believe that there's room for both. And as he sees me a part of his life, I think there will be some natural adjustments, but again, communication is important. I love that Janine communication is so big on all fronts. So that's so good to know. And and we'll go to Bonnie. Wow. 
an interesting question. Well, I will say um, at the age of 35, you know, this is something I've had to think about since jumping into the dating scene the last couple of years. You know, I am not quite sure how I would feel about dating someone who with a child and especially if they're number one, I think it's a very, very good thing when your child is number one in your life. But I would probably want to know like what happened in the first place. I also think too that, and this is something I've heard people say that in order to have a very, very strong family, you have to have a strong marriage. And I've even heard people advocate that your spouse should be your highest priority before your kid. And I think that's going to be a big adjustment if you ended up marrying that person is that then your spouse has to be number one before your kid. And you know, your kid's important, but foundation has to be laid to set the model for kids. So that's just my two cents. That's great, Bonnie. Thank you. All right. So next question, I'm going to ask Michelle and Heidi this question because we can't have everyone answer all the questions because we have so much to get through. But next question would be, what is considered financially stable for you? And if a man is making less money than you, how does that make you feel? And I'll go with Michelle first, and then we'll go to Heidi. I'll start with the second part first. So I've been fortunate to have a career that I love and that is, you know, pretty um, well financially suited for me and my goals. And so I've never had an issue with the thought of a guy making less than me. What I look for is really character and not those things that might be beyond his control. So, you know, we all have life situations that impact our, our financial well-being. Um, me personally, I have student loans that I'm still paying off because I didn't have any help with that. I was the first in my family to go to a secular college. And so that just looked really different for me. Um, so I have that, but I also have a plan to pay that off in a certain amount of time that's coming up soon. And I've taken steps to have wellness in every other aspect of my financial life. And so for me, it's never something that I want to say, well, you make X amount of dollars right now, but I want to look at, okay, where are you at? Do you have a growth mindset? Do you have goals? Are you passionate about something, whether it's volunteering or, um, you know, something else, not career related, but oftentimes I think in today's world, that's around your career. So I want to look at the characteristics and not necessarily the dollar amount on paper and always have some grace for our brothers in Christ. Like maybe they're not where they finally want to be today. Um, but do they have a path to get where they think is the right place for them? That's so good, Michelle. Thank you. Heidi. Um, yeah, that is a really great question. And I would say just based on personal experience, someone very close to me, uh, his wife makes significantly more than he does. And he's very happy and they have a great dynamic in their relationship. So I've seen that dynamic and I've seen how some people respond. So that being said, for me, I am also comfortable with different dynamics. Um, I think if it's hugely different, there's potential in either direction for just some resentment or one person maybe kind of holding that over the other that they, you know, bring more to the table financially. So I think for me, what I'm looking for is how do they view money? Like what are their, you know, financial priorities and, you know, mindset around how, how they view things in terms of what they want to spend money on, what they want to invest in, what do they, are they generous? That is a huge thing for me because I have to trust them. So if, if I see things that maybe are a bit concerning in terms of how they handle their money, that would be more of a 
concern to me than how much they make, because there's always, you can always make more money or you could lose your job. Like it's all of that is variable and completely changes over time. So working towards something, are they capable of managing what they have and living within their means? And do they have goals to grow um, and have a healthy mindset with finances and blending finances in a future relationship? That's so good. We'll go to Bonnie and Janine with this question. What are your thoughts on a man with substantial body hair? Is this a deal breaker or can you accept this fact? I see laughter. It's a real question. I mean, maybe this is an insecurity for someone. So I would love to know your thoughts. Janine, let's go with you first. Okay. Someone with significant body hair is probably, I won't say it's a deal breaker. My deal breakers are are something a little bit different. I don't know that I would potentially date someone. I guess that depends on how hairy we're talking. Um, but I don't know what significant body hair is. So I can't really, for me, it's probably a a no. I don't see myself dating someone who has a significant, uh, amount of body hair, but that can vary. I I think that's not a, um, it ultimately to me would be his heart and everything else. That's just a, a characteristic. So I guess it's something to talk about, but I don't see it being an absolute if everything else was a, a check. So we'll see. Yeah, I love that because I think like with some a question like this, like we can change that fact, like laser hair removal, waxing, thread, like how many hair removal things are there? Nair, threading, you know, if this is something that you're like, hey, you know, grooming, I think is important, right? We want to be attractive to our spouses and we want our spouses to be attracted to us. So maybe that's just a conversation, but Bonnie, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Okay. So I was laughing earlier because I do remember in high school, I absolutely abhorred body hair. I don't know. Like I just remember in high school, older guys that were at least like, you know, over 10 years or even 20 years old, like kind of grossed me out a bit. But um, fast forward 20 years now as a woman over 30, I see it a lot differently. I think it's a sign of masculinity in some ways. Me, I, I do see that. It's So it's definitely not a deal breaker as long as he does not look like the Wolverine. But I mean, the Wolverine was kind of hot. Let's be real. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, fair enough. I mean, especially because, you know, I mean, I do have an admiration for Hugh Jackman and all the other roles he's played over the years. So I'll give that to you. And like, I guess, like Janine said, it's, it can be fixed with wax. So I would say on this question particular, because I actually did date someone years ago who this was a very big insecurity for him. He did have body hair. I honestly didn't even notice because he had been going for laser hair removal for quite some time because that was an insecurity. And I think if there's insecurities that you have on yourself, like work on those things, right? Whereas like, if you want to be in better shape, go work out, go do the things that are going to help boost your confidence. If it's a matter of like, hey, I do have substantial body hair as a male, and this is something I'm insecure about then, you know, there is ways to groom. And I think with any insecurities, like if you can work on them, obviously, if it's just like a part of who you are, then maybe you have to do some inner work and like, hey, love yourself more. But if it's something that you're like, hey, this is something I'm insecure about, like work on it. At the end of the day, personality trumps anything exterior. The inner will always trump the exterior. 
But if you're insecure and you're lacking that confidence, that is going to show from the inner to the outer, right? And so I think that's important to look at as well. Whereas like, if you're going to be insecure and not have that confidence, that is going to come out. And so, yeah. All right. So Heidi, Michelle, next question over to you. When a guy approaches you, what would be a turnoff? So if someone's going to come up to you and ask you out, like, what shouldn't they do? What is like a turn off for you? And we'll start with Michelle. This is a great question. How much time do I have? (laughs) Um, I think for me, I'm a pretty confident person generally. And so confidence is attractive to me because it shows that, you know, your value and your worth and your identity in Christ. And so just having confidence is great. If somebody comes to me and has low confidence, um, then I kind of question, you know, if it would be a good fit. Emotional intelligence in general is also something that's attractive to me. Um, So just having somebody that is, you know, like there's so many aspects of that, but I guess the counter of that would be somebody who is maybe fearful, awkward in social situations, not really sure how to carry that conversation. That's the first thing. I think there's There's so much more we can talk about there, but would love to know Heidi's thoughts. My thoughts are, I think we have like the same brain. You keep saying things that I'm like, um, so yeah, I think for me, confidence is the biggest thing and it doesn't, and I, I get it. I get it. I do. We've all got like our insecurities and our like doubts, if they're going to like us, like women get that too. Um, So I understand, but where the confidence comes into play is at the end of the day, are you comfortable with who you are? And are you able to just be comfortable in your own skin? Because you can't make someone like you, you can't, you can't make that happen. So if, if a guy approaches me and is interested, is he just comfortable? That's kind of what that confidence looks like to me is, is he comfortable enough just to be himself and, and be confident to come up to me and, and make that start to a conversation. Another kind of aspect of that is if you're too confident, then I feel like you're probably trying to hide something or overcompensate in some area and like prove to me something. Again, just be comfortable with who you are and what you bring to the table and like who God made you to be. So for, for me, I think, yeah, coming off as trying to be like Mr. Cool is, is going to might have a little bit of a caution on that as well. I love that. Without the ego. Yeah, exactly. I would love to tag in on what's in chat. I think there was a question about what about social anxiety? And does that mean somebody's being weird if they're dealing with that? Um, so that's part of my story, actually. Um, I know I said I'm a confident person. I was kind of assuming like the in-person factor was there. In person, I feel very much in my own skin, but there's something about being over text or even phone that I just don't feel like myself or chat. And that's how we communicate today. So definitely understand that. I don't think that social anxiety is a deal breaker. Um, for me, it's been therapy and medication and years of practicing to not let that get in the way. So if that's somebody, part of somebody's story, I would just say, keep working on that practice and reps have really helped me just putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations and even like breathing techniques of breathing through that. And it might feel weird to you, but I think I tend to overthink and it feels weird in my brain and in my body to me, but less so sometimes to the other person. So the weirdness I was talking about was like, 
I got asked out at church one time and I was in a group of like three other women and the guy just very awkwardly like came up and didn't break eye contact with me, wasn't blinking and was like, Michelle, I have something important I need to ask you. Can I talk to you? And like very serious. And it was just like not the right moment and um, socially speaking. And so um, never want to shame anybody for like a serious um, challenge that they're dealing with like anxiety, but would, you know, just again, show grace in that. I think whatever the weirdness is that we might feel from men, it's on our shoulders as women to honor our brothers in Christ and to be respectful in that situation. So, you know, I let him ask me, I politely declined, but I thanked him for his intentionality because that's so rare in our culture. So just wanted to add that note. Love that. That's awesome. Thanks ladies. All right. Next question. I'm coming over to Janine and Bonnie with what does leadership look like to you in a relationship or a marriage? And we'll start with Janine and then go to Bonnie. Ooh, I love that. So leadership to me is first being able to submit to, to God and to let him lead you first and foremost, because if you're doing that, if you're allowing God to leave your, lead your life and the Holy Spirit to lead you, then I am more than able and willing to submit to your leadership as, as a man, as a husband, as a brother in Christ. And that's really important. So what that looks like for me is love and action. It's not just saying by words, but it's by doing it's in all areas of our life as a household. And even in the dating stages, it's simple things as just, um, being confident in who you are, but knowing and cherishing and honoring me as a person, me as a potential, your potential wife, and then, you know, going from there. So leading really starts off with your relationship first, and then developing that relationship with someone else. So it could be uh, things as like financial stewardship, leading in your own prayer life and what that looks like being a, a leader as far as how, what's your work ethic? Do you have integrity when no one else is looking? That's leadership to me. That's saying, you know, when no one else is here, this is who I am. I'm not changing. I'm dedicated in, in what I choose to be passionate about, how I lead my life. And that is 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 quite amazing. And I think it's um, something that I look for definitely in a potential partner is how well he can lead himself first and then lead me in our household. Love that, Janine. Bonnie. So I tend to understand leadership in more of the context of the corporate world and the workplace and from all the different seminars and classes and that I've listened to more so than say in a relationship. But for me, as someone who's had an opportunity to practice leadership a few times and who has seen it in place, I would say that to me, leadership in a relationship is first of all, being willing to call the shot, being willing to make decisions and not struggling with indecision. And that's just from my experience as someone who used to struggle a lot with indecision. And so th that's that. One of the things I've, I've also seen as an example of good leadership from an article I read is that leadership is, you know, may, is maximizing the talent out of people. So that's important, would be important to me in a relationship is someone who would maximize the gifts in me. Also, I would say another important factor with leadership is being willing to take risks because sometimes as leaders, you are going to run the risk of making some pretty bad decisions. And you have to also be willing to take responsibility for that. And I believe a good leader must take responsibility for any bad decisions he makes. Say I'm married to someone and the husband says, okay, well, we're going to invest all this money into this house. And then the house goes off the market. Everything calls. And he's like, I'm sorry, you know, we'll take responsibility 
responsibility. I'll do it better next time. So that's, I guess that would be one example of, you know, responsibility in leadership is that component of taking responsibility. So that's how I would understand leadership. But I think the spiritual element of leadership is also very, very important. As the other half, you know, you have to be willing to do that too, is that you have to be going in the same direction towards the kingdom and towards God's will. And to me, leadership is like, would look like him saying, okay, we're going to pray. We're going to seek God about this thing. We're going to seek God about that, that thing. And and also just leading by example. And that, that's what one model of leadership I know is leading by example is having the character and, you know, being influenced that part. So, and, and, you know, whether we realize it or not, it does not matter what kind of platform you have. You are all, are, we are all influencers in some way or another. So, you know, just using his influence wisely is another example of leadership. Annie, I love the first point that you made there is like someone who's going to enhance the gifts that God has put inside you. And I think that's something so often we don't talk about is, are we meeting people who are bringing out the best in us? And that's really true leadership is like, if I'm leading people, I want to see them shine because if they win, I win. And so that's how it should be in a marriage too. And in relationships is if they win, I win. So I want to bring out the best in them. I want to bring out those gifts. And I love that you brought that up. So thank you for sharing that. Next question here, Michelle and Heidi, I'm coming back to you. What do women think of dating a guy who has a great relationship with his child's mother? I know we talked about putting a kid as a first responsibility, first priority, but how do you feel about dating someone who has a great relationship with someone that they've been with before? Um, you know, maybe if that was marriage, maybe if that wasn't marriage, I don't know the situation. What are your thoughts on that? Heidi? Wow. That is a really, really great question. I, again, I think this is one of those situations where there needs to be a lot of communication and there needs to be a conversation for, for me to understand the dynamics of that relationship. Um, and also to feel comfortable. Um, cause let's be honest, I think we can all have a little bit of insecurity if someone that we are in a relationship with has a good relationship with someone from their past, that there's still some connection there. You know, just having very clear expectations of what the dynamics would be of their relationship, of their relationship with their child that they're co-parenting, um, and then how, you know, how I fit in. And I know friends of mine, they have great relationships with their man's child's mother. And so it is, it does become a group parenting dynamic at that point. And so, yeah, I would ultimately want to have a relationship with her too, especially if she's someone that's in their lives. And I think it does speak to his character, actually, that he can maintain civility with someone regardless of the circumstances of the dissolution of their relationship. And then their child gets to see something that's not toxic, that their child is not absorbing the, their parents, you know, whether it was traumatic or just, you know, something that they had to work through to get to that place. I think it's healthy for a child to see their parents agree. So I think, again, it just boils down to, 
let's have a conversation and make sure that everybody is comfortable with how this is going to go moving forward. I love that would, communication. So good. Um, Michelle. I would say two things kind of bubble up to the surface for me. One clarity is kindness. And two forgiveness is a really powerful way to live out first Peter, where it says that love covers a multitude of sin. So on the clarity piece, I would want to know walking into that um, situation that there was no potential for them to get back together, cut that cord. That is not an option. And being able to get that clarity would make sure I feel like I'm not walking into a situation where I'm breaking up a family dynamic that otherwise would have a chance of succeeding um, as, a, as a whole original family. So would want to have clarity on that front. And then two, I just think of the relationship brokenness that I've had in my own story, and it hasn't in involved a child, um, but it has involved brokenness, violations of trust. And so I can't imagine the pain that's involved with being in a relationship where there is a child that has sown you to that person for your life um, for at least the next 18 years, I suppose. And so the ability of one partner from that relationship to be able to forgive over and over and lay themselves down and their pride um, and other dynamics to be able to be in healthy relationship with that other person parent is just a really powerful picture. Like Heidi said of the gospel, we love because he first loved us. And I have no right to pick up arms against somebody that's hurt me because Christ says I don't have that right. And so I would love to see a healthy dynamic. I think that's worlds better than the situation where the parents can't be civil and can't co-parent. And Heidi made a great point that that's also for the benefit of the child. So um, would definitely want to talk about how I can support that, but wouldn't have any qualms with that. In fact, I would prefer that healthy relationship instead of the opposite. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think like with any situation, like you said, Michelle, clarity is kindness, but also like, what are the boundaries here? And how do we make sure like all parties are comfortable? Um, because I think that's a huge piece of it as well, right? Because if if I'm walking into, uh, you know, a situation where someone has someone that they've dated or been engaged or married to have a child with like, is there going to be appropriate boundaries that make me feel safe and secure in this relationship? And I think that's important as well. So I love that. Thank you so much. We're going to go back to Janine and Bonnie with this next question. What are some deal breakers that you have? And Janine? For me, my deal breakers are first and foremost, they must have a relationship with God. And when I say relationship with God, it is more than just um, going to church. It's, it's having a active personal relationship with God and walking that out on a regular basis. It's being committed to a church family and walking that out um, through prayer and discipline. Um, that's what a personal relationship looks like to me. Um, another deal breaker for me is definitely no type of smoking or anything. Another deal breaker would be someone who is not um, hardworking or someone who's not trustworthy or honest. Those are things that I don't, you know, I want someone who's loyal, someone who's honest, someone who's who has integrity. And for me, swearing is a deal breaker. I get that, you know, some people, they're still working that out. But if it's a second language for you, that means we're not on the same, we're not on the same, same path. So those would be, I would say, say my top deal breakers when it comes to a relationship. So All right, Bonnie, I think Janine took the words out of my mouth on a lot of what she said. Um, I would say the most important thing though, to echo what she was saying primarily is just like, is not having 
a relationship with the Lord. And I will take it a step further by saying that if he has a lukewarm relationship with God, where like it's more nominal and not necessarily infecting every aspect of his life. I mean, that, that, that's a huge deal breaker for me. And I know that from experience, having gone on dates and having even gotten into relationships that I would, should not have gotten into with guys who said they were Christians, but, but just, you know, did certain things that didn't. So yeah, integrity and honesty is definitely a big thing. You know, if you can't be honest at the beginning, then there's no guarantee you're going to be honest further on. I would say a, another deal breaker is, is not, not having a growth mindset, you know, it like wanting to stay in the same place for the rest of your life and not wanting to move forward. And like Janine said earlier, not hardworking, not really like having, you know, just like, like plans. I mean, I get it. Like what we were talking about the finances earlier, I get it. Like financial instability happens, like job loss happens. It's not really a guaranteed thing in life, but I would say at least have a backup plan. But in other words, you know, if you're just hoping someone's going to take care of you, you're not hardworking, then that'd be a deal breaker. I think another big deal breaker for me is someone who pushes boundaries physically. Um, had that experience before and it is not fun. And, and from my experience, I would say it's either made me uncomfortable or it's pushed me to compromise. So, you know, then that goes back to what I was saying about having a relationship with God and being, you know, and not being a lukewarm Christian is like, you know, if you're, if you say you're a Christian, but you're continually pushing me to like go further, go further physically, go further sexually, then that's a huge deal breaker. So I would prefer someone who goes into the opposite direction. So those are a few things. I think a big thing for me too, that might be a deal breaker is someone who doesn't have faith. You know, I mean, I get it. Some of us are very logical. Some of us like to calculate things, but also someone who's not willing to take risks, who's not willing to do things that would be, that personally would be a deal breaker for me because I think, I think just for me, because I've had to learn how to take risks my whole life. And I've also known that on the other side of risk, there's great potential and there's great promise. Thanks, Bonnie. All right. I'm going to go back to my shell with this question because I had a question specifically come in and I want to know because we talked about you know that situation where someone approached you in a really you know kind of awkward manner it was inappropriate timing trying to ask you out so how would a guy approach you when asking you out what is appropriate what would look ideal in that situation so that if there is someone maybe listening who's like hey I've been wanting to ask this girl out of church I just don't know how to do it I've never maybe they've never asked out a, a woman before what what would that look like for you I think um and you'll probably hear a lot of variation from women on this answer so I won't say that my way is the absolute truth but I think for me I would the ideal right which we never often never have the privilege of having the ideal is that I would be friends with somebody and get to observe their character in that context before moving into the dating relationship. So I get that that's the ideal. Um, for me, if it was, you know, somebody at church to use your example, I would love the opportunity for him to like introduce himself us chat about other things and get to know him. Even if that's like one or two really brief conversations before he's like, Hey, I've just noticed you would love to get to know you a little bit more. Are you ever up for a coffee? rather than that being like, Hey, my name's, my name is John. Would you like to go get coffee with me? Again, there's probably women out there that are like, yeah, let's cut to the chase. Just ask me out for coffee. So that's probably a little bit of personal preference, but I think at the end of the day, it's about just being normal. You know, like we should be able to socialize with brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of which one we are and it not be weird. And I, as a woman shouldn't assume that if you're saying, Hey, my name is John 
that you want to wife me up, you know, I should be able to just hang out in that social context. And I think sometimes Christians make dating weird. Like before I knew Jesus, it was so much more quote normal <laughs> sometimes. And so I think just the more normalcy we can bring, let's not make it a big deal. Let's make it casual. Um, but for me, would love to like have some exposure to that person and know that they exist before it's like, Hey, would you want to grab coffee sometime? I don't know if that helps at all, but that's my first thought there. Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. No, that's great. I think like so often it can come across really like, just like a lot to like, you're like, whoa, 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 like, uh, what's your name? Like, what's your name again? Like, how about we start there and then like progress farther? So I totally understand that. Um, yeah. Heidi, I'm coming with you to you with this question. What do you think of long distance relationships? Is that something you're open to or something you're not open to? Oh man, that's a tough one. It is. Um, I am open to them, but I just don't know how to start them from scratch, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, I don't know, I just, I like being with people in person. Um, so it, I feel like getting to know someone to a level where you'd want to potentially get into a more exclusive or a committed relationship entirely from a distance um, and only having essentially vacation weekends together when you guys aren't in your real life. Um, I don't know. I, I'm open to it, but I just don't know how to do that if I'm perfectly honest. Um, because I think a lot of my comfort and, and ability to put my heart uh, in someone else's hands is the ability to see them in their everyday life. Um, and I just don't know. I don't know how to do that from a distance. Um, and then at some point there does need to be a conversation of, okay, are either of us going to move? And, um, I mean, for me, I own my home. I'd have to sell and like, I wouldn't be able to do my job. I'd have to find a new job. So it's, there's so many different dynamics. Um, and I try not to get too far ahead because if there's a great connection, there's a great connection. And I don't want distance to be something that just blocks the man that God has for me. I want to be open, but yeah, I, I just have to be honest and acknowledging for me, it, I, I think it would be challenging. I think I could do it. <laughs> um, I just don't know how. <laughs> no, that's great. And that's so honest. And I love that because yeah, that might be something other people struggle with too. It's like, Hey, this is something I'm open to, but if I haven't met someone in person, how do we really have that the connection that, you know, foundation before we, before something else happens and ask someone who has dated someone that started online. And I met him after we were dating for a while. It did happen in such an organic way that it wasn't really forced at all, which was beautiful. Um, so I know someone in the audience just asked this question. I'd love Janine to answer this one. How does a guy avoid the friend zone or that particular ideal I would prefer the friend's first approach, but that has created a space where I'm not looked at as a potential spouse. So Janine, any advice around this? How do men avoid the friend zone if they're interested in someone, but they do prefer to maybe meet someone as a friend first? I don't know if there's necessarily uh, a way to avoid being in the friend zone because it's going to be different for each woman and each man. They just truly might not see you as a potential spouse. But what I will say, it's about intentionality. So if we're looking at we're friends and or we're brothers and sisters in Christ, however you want to look at that, it's about intentionality and getting to know each other. So when you state your intentions up front, I think that makes a big difference of if we're just 
us casually hanging out or casually just grabbing coffees coffee as a group or going out on group date. But when you make it known that, hey, I'm really interested, I would like to get to know you more, that says a lot without coming off as being creepy or unwanted. And then it gives the other person a chance to really think about it and to step back and look at you in a different light that they may not have seen you. So I think that is really important about stating your intentions and being direct and being upfront. I don't think you can ever go wrong with being upfront. It may not turn out the way you want, but being to me, being open and honest and saying, I really, you know, I see something in you that, you know, is different. And I would like to just take that time to get to know you a little bit more. So I think it will help if you get into the friend zone, don't take it as something negative. Um, it's just maybe for that person that they didn't see that and that's okay. So I love that Janine. And I'd also love to chime in on this one a little bit because I feel like this has happened to me a few times where I've had really amazing, great friends, male friends in four, three, four years into our friendship, they come at me and expect something more and tell me they've always loved me and like whoa 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 what because now all of a sudden i'm caught off guard as your friend okay were you only my friend because you were hoping for more what was our friendship built on it's just it is so confusing and now you're expecting this response from me when i've never looked at you in this light because we've always been friends and so i think yeah making sure that your intentions are clear whereas like if you are friends with someone for the maybe chance that it could turn into more that's not so kind to that person who now is going to be confused of what your friendship really was built on and so i think that was really great janine is like stating your intentions making sure that they are clear and hey, a lot of times we meet people and we don't really know our intentions. Let's be real. If I meet someone and five minutes later, I don't know what I want with you. I don't know you enough for that. But it's like, hey, I think you're a cool person. I'd love to get to know you more. Allowing that to build organically over time, but also being able to state your intentions clear along the way. I think that's great. So thank you, Janine, for sharing that. We got a couple questions left. We're running out of time. Bonnie, I'm going to come to you with the next question. What is your ideal first date? Well, first of all, I would say definitely a public public place. And I would say like, it kind of depends on the situation. Like if I am, if I don't really know too much about you, I would want it to be in a public place and, you know, be at a coffee shop or some cat, some cafe of sort, or like in a, in a shopping center or like one of those like outdoor kind of like town, town style malls. So somewhere I would say pretty public and I'm in a city. So where there's lots, lots of cool places to visit. So I would be up for that. If I've known you for a little bit, I would probably give you more like, like for some time, I would say like maybe a few months, maybe month or so, then you have more leeway and freedom to kind of do as you please. But I guess for me, ideal first date would be something adventurous, like maybe bike riding or being in a coffee shop or being a public place. I think for me, I would just say, keep it simple and don't overload on, on date one. Love it. Thank you. All right. So uh, last question I have, I'm going to go around. This one's a juicy one. I asked the guys and uh, it turned out interesting. What is the most 
physically attractive thing that you find in the opposite sex. So Michelle, I'm going to start with you, girl. Then it's going to go Heidi, Janine, and then Bonnie. I would say eyes or arm muscles. Arm muscles. Okay. I see you, girl. Heidi. For me, a smile. Like, honestly, like, what's your mouth look like? (laughs) Because I'm probably going to want to kiss it at some point, if we're honest. Um, I'm loving the masks. She's not loving the masks. She cannot see that smile. Um, yeah, a, a genuine, yeah, good, genuine smile. And like, I'm definitely like an upper body, like arms, chest girl. Love it. All right, Janine. Uh, for me, it is definitely the eyes and a smile, like a smile. Ooh, yes. And I'm very much of a teddy bear type of guy. Like, I, mm-hmm, yeah. So <laughs> I'm like Heidi, those lips, if they're, Mm-hmm. I smile, body. Mm, yeah. Okay. All right. I love the honesty, ladies. Let's go. Bonnie, you're up next. I would say somewhat somewhere between like the hair and the eyes and bonus points if he has one of those like gentleman like or like fedora hats or like whatever like kind of stylish hat ha- hats there are. Okay. I like it. I love that everyone has their own little quirks of like what they like. Just shows how different we are. Um, amazing. Well, that's all the questions that I have today. I know we're running out of time, but thank you so much, ladies, for being on the podcast. Thank you for your wisdom, your insight. Thanks for tuning in to an Apple a Day podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to like it, subscribe, or maybe even send it to a friend. It helps us so much. And if you're single, make sure to check out the hub at christiansingleshub.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so feel free to reach out to us and of our Instagram profiles at Christian Singles Hub or at Miss Apples Matchmaking. Or you can reach me directly at Michelle Apples. We would love to talk to you. We would love to hear your thoughts and we would love to answer any questions that you may have. We'll see you back here next Wednesday for another episode of an Apple a Day podcast. And in the meantime, God bless you. We love you and the best is yet to come. See you next Wednesday.